1: Lucy
0: Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 7th of January coming up. her teacher defends weekend detentions.
1: Generally what happens is once a pupil has had a Saturday morning detention in full school uniform, that they don't want to come back.
0: Families cutting down on weekly shop to pay for rent.
2: The government should be investing in housing benefits so it covers at least the cheapest third of
0: rents across the country. And firefighters get new rescue kit.
3: We can set this up in a very small area and it's much, much easier going on the uh, rescuers.
2: Kent
0: Online News. A Kent Schools defended a decision to introduce Saturday morning detentions after some parents called it unfair and ridiculous. in Academy's plans will see students come in for two hours at the weekend as a punishment. Executive Principal Seamus Murphy's been telling Ish why they're doing it.
1: We're introducing Saturday morning detentions because we want to stop pupils being excluded either Internally or externally, and so it's another opportunity for those pupils to who get things wrong um, to have a consequence, but also to remain in lessons because we think that, particularly for those pupils who are vulnerable or at risk of exclusion, being in lessons is the most important thing for those pupils.
4: And of course, you, you mentioned that, you, i I say, the importance of keeping children in lesson in order to for them to learn to to be in school. Um, what, what was it specifically that? prompted you to to take this measure?
1: Uh, I think that uh, we've had some success in reducing exclusions. Um, Over two years ago, exclusions were uh, at some of the highest in the country, uh, over a 1,000 in the academic year. We've reduced that now to below 50 for last term. But I'm very conscious that many of the pupils we serve are still not doing well enough because they're not in lessons often enough. And so this was another uh, approach uh, in order to um, ensure that those pupils were benefiting from learning, how big of an issue has
4: that been? You, you mentioned it. Then you mentioned it's been included in a you know a previous statement. Um, the issue of students missing class. The is this you know primarily to
1: tackle um,
4: a rise in absenteeism?
1: No. So uh, this this detention is about. Uh, ensuring that pupils are getting it right during the school day um, you can get a daily detention for a number of reasons including being late to school but the school the Saturday morning detention is something that uh, is reserved for those pupils who have failed to attend other detentions and it's also an opportunity to meet parents and discuss you know why things aren't going as well as they should be and how we can work together to ensure that the school and the families you know uh, provide support for their pupils so they have great outcomes do you also see this as a form of a deterrent Uh, in my experience i've done this in a couple of schools before and generally what happens is once a pupil has had a saturday morning detention in full school uniform that they don't want to come back so it is about supporting improving pupils behavior because we know that well-behaved pupils learn more there's
4: been i imagine you've expected some criticism from from parents as some have called that Uh, an unfair move what would you say to them?
1: I understand where some of those parents are coming from. I think that the, uh, the, the, the clarity around those Saturday morning detentions, parents are unaware yet, uh, yet of the system because we haven't um, had the system in place. But I think when parents realise that pupils have a number of opportunities to avoid getting a Saturday morning detention, they will be more supportive. I think at the moment, partly because of the media, that there is an expectation that uh, if you're late, you're going to be straight into a Saturday morning detention. Nothing could be further from the truth.
4: We've also had some parents raise concerns about their children who have learning difficulties, for example, or require a
1: specialist teacher to, to
4: supervise them. How can you reassure
1: those parents? So I reassure those parents is that we have uh, – we're a very inclusive school um, – and I will be taking the Saturday morning detentions. I have an enhanced uh, special educational needs training. Um, I will be uh, liaising closely with parents. And should parents feel that, uh, this isn't, uh, that they are unable to attend or there are other uh, reasons why this particular approach doesn't work, I'm going to be flexible and give them the opportunity to meet with me at a different time of their choosing in order to find the best solution. But ultimately, as a parent of a child with special education, needs, I know that the biggest impact on their success is the amount of time they're in lessons with a qualified teacher. So what we're trying to do is ensure that all pupils, including those with special educational needs, are in lessons succeeding rather than being in uh, either formally excluded or internally excluded.
0: Almost 900 people have voted in our poll at kentonline.co.uk, with two thirds saying Saturday detentions are a good idea.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: It's emerged the family of twins found dead in Sevenoaks called police after discovering a suicide note. Joey and Billy Smith, who were 32 and appeared on My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, were found on a country lane just after Christmas. An inquest into their deaths has been opened and adjourned. Hospital bosses in Margate have apologised to the parents of a baby who died while under their care. Harry Richford was just seven days old when he passed away in November 2017 from a condition caused by a lack of oxygen after being born at the QEQM. At the start of an inquest into the little boy's death, East Kent Hospitals Trust have admitted standards fell short. It's understood some families in Kent are being forced to spend just over half of what they need to on their weekly shop so they can afford to pay rent. According to homeless charity Crisis, a family of four in places like Dartford and Gravesend are having to cut back on their food bills by £27 as their housing benefit doesn't cover their rent. People elsewhere in the county are also facing a shortfall. Ish has been finding out more from Francesca Albanese, who's from the I think, you know, it's really worrying um, that the analysis that
2: we've done shows that families um, across Kent and indeed across Great Britain are going to be forced to sacrifice a huge proportion of their food shopping so that they can pay the rent, um, and that's basically because um, housing benefit rates aren't, aren't high enough, um, and this is a, a pressure that, uh, you know, families shouldn't be facing at all. Um, you know, in particular, we know that um, it, you know everybody should have access to safe, stable accommodation, um, but you know, what our analysis is showing is that families are being left with no option Um, and are often making sacrifices with all the basic necessities in order to meet their rent.
4: We know, of course, that one of the the issues contributing to homelessness, you're obviously a homeless charity, is that people are struggling to pay their rent and that can force them on the streets, potentially. I mean, is that something that you're concerned that this could be leading towards?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen um, over the past uh, few years that um, cuts to, to welfare benefits and particularly housing benefit... Um, is um, has led has led to an increase in homelessness. Home, homelessness is going up overall, and you know we know that uh, problems with with welfare and particularly um, the shortfall between um, housing benefit um, and rents, and the fact that rents are going up, um, and housing benefit has been frozen since 2016, um, is 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 pushing people into homelessness. And it you know it is a case where we are seeing um, families being pushed into homelessness b- because of the shortfall between um, their housing benefit. And, and their rent
4: and looking at places in kent for example northwest kent where you've got the likes of gravesham and Dartford, that's appeared based on your research to have a particularly high shortfall we're looking at about 47 percent cut in you know a family for a uh, force budget in their their weekly shop i mean what could be the potential consequences there
2: in terms of of, of that that particular case when we're looking at kind of if someone's um you know paying nearly half of their their weekly shop is actually going to have to pay on their rent that's going to have quite increasing pressure on people and you know you can only maintain that for a certain amount of time Um, and I think you know as I've said the the most extreme sort of consequence of that is pushing people into homelessness but I think you know it's quite clear across the whole whole of Kent even you know uh, putting to having kind of Twenty percent of your uh, of your kind of income, um, kind of going on on your shortfall, is going to have a, a kind of quite a, a big. It's going to have quite a big impact, and I think what we're seeing is. Um, particularly um, for families if they're you know having to cut back on essentials and like food shopping like um, you know gas and electricity that that is going to have um, a consequence on children um, it's going to have a consequence in terms of eventually you know we have been seeing people being pushed into homelessness because of this.
4: And so what do you think needs to be done to make it easier for families to make sure they're not having to cut so much of the essential budgets that they have you know for things like food?
2: Um, so we know um, that you know th- there needs to be kind of increased investment. In housing benefit, and um, the government, um, you know. Sh- Should be investing in housing benefits so it covers at least the cheapest third of rents across the country, and that's something that could have like an immediate impact um, on people so that they can, you know, they can afford to stay in their properties. It means they're not being pushed into homelessness, you know, we're not spending money then on on other homelessness services um, and kind of expensive temporary accommodation. And that's a really kind of um, immediate thing that the government can do. Kent Online News
0: Dartford and Gravesham NHS Trust has been warned it will fail face legal action if it doesn't act on advice given by the Care Quality Commission. The trust that manages Darrant Valley Hospital has been told it's missed deadlines to put extra patient safety measures in place. Bosses say they're looking into the issues raised. A Kent Uni student has avoided being sent to prison after trying to cover up her dad's car crash. A court heard Senna Ocdogan claimed she was behind the wheel of her car when her dad, who had no license or insurance, collided with two vehicles in December 2018. But the 21-year-old from St Michael's near Tentadon later admitted the truth after a witness said they saw a man driving. She's been given a suspended sentence for perverting the course of justice while her dad's been fined. The amount we pay in council tax in Kent looks set to be going up again bosses at County Hall in Maidstone are considering a 4% hike, which would see bills for band C properties go up by £45 to £1,178. Joe's been chatting to the leader of Kent County Council, Roger Goff, who says there's a good reason for the rise.
5: I mean, we have seen this year um, a slightly better financial settlement from government, which is helpful, but it still doesn't cover the uh, increased demands we see on a number of our services. So uh, we What we're seeking to do is meet that through a combination of savings, regrettably some increase in council tax but then also as I say that there is at least a slightly better position from government but still not enough to cover what we need.
6: I think when we've covered budgets in previous years I think there's always been that Pressure on local services from not enough support from central government. Do you feel like you're getting that little bit more support now, and they're taking local, the, the importance of local government more seriously now?
5: I think there's certainly been a step in the right direction. We are in a somewhat different place this year from the past, um, and, and we are seeing some, it's you know reasonably meaningful increase in government support, 28 and a half million pounds. But when we look at the pressures that there are on our services, uh, and you're looking at both increase in demands, increase in prices, um, that still doesn't meet that. So as I say, we are both continuing to deliver savings. It's worth remembering this is an authority that's delivered hundreds of millions of pounds of savings over the last eight to ten years. uh, And we are still delivering another 30 million or so this year. Uh, We regrettably, as I say, do see that increase in council tax. And then there is some support from government as well.
6: We'll talk about that, 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 that. Maybe for, for taxpayers, they won't. They, they'll look at it on face value and go, well, it's another increase in, in council tax? What are they going to get for that increase?"
5: Well, what what we will see is partly a continuing protection of services that are vital to vulnerable residents across Kent. Uh, we are working to ensure that we actually undertake structural changes uh, things that will achieve prevention of further costs in the future both in terms of adult uh, social care and children's social services as well but what we're also doing and this links very much to what we're also announcing today which is uh, consulting on our five year plan for the council it's trying to focus a little bit more on those visible services that affect everyone so, amenity services, highways, the work of our community wardens, street scene, these sort of areas. Uh, we've, we've found a little bit of money to put into that, some three and a half million pounds, uh, on top of everything else that we do in that area already. And we are on the capital side, achieving quite a significant shift towards uh, further highways expenditure.
6: Talk to me about the highways. Is, is it more looking at a, long, a long-term a long plan for it and maybe a Something that's more worthwhile rather than just filling in potholes with... with, Yes,
5: absolutely, because clearly we we always seek to focus on potholes, and each year we have our pothole blitz, and that's a very important thing to keep on doing. But this is about ensuring more strategic highways maintenance, and it's not just the road surface, it's things like drainage, it's all those areas that support our highway and indeed our wider public space. Uh, so for us, this is something we are working on to try and achieve over a number of years, a gradual build up in that area so that we can actually try, and there's going to be a lot more we need to do this to put both financially and in terms of the quality of our roads, put the whole thing on a sustainable footing.
6: You mentioned the consultation and, and actually talking to, to taxpayers as such of what they want. Will, they, will that actually have an impact on what goes into the budget? Will you be listening to them openly and going, okay, if they want something, I don't know. Ridiculous, but more. Well, I don't know. But anything, would you, would you be listening to exactly what they say? We are yeah,
5: absolutely listening and we are very, very keen. I'm very, very keen that as many Kent residents as possible respond to this consultation. It is about the future of the county and the county council and the services we provide to the one and a half million residents across the county. So, yes, it is important. And we have, as I say, some money set aside for what we consider to be strategic objectives part of delivering that plan uh, and that we very much shaped exactly how that is brought forward. Clearly we have a number of proposals on the table. But we are actually very much looking to what comes out of our consultation, our engagement with residents across Kent as to where we try and
1: set those priorities.
0: Well, the final budget proposals, including the council tax, will be voted on by county councillors at a meeting next month.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: It's thought a multi million pound expansion of Tunbridge Wells Grammar School for Boys, which would include a new satellite school in Seven Oaks, will be given the go ahead. Bosses have been advised to approve the plan, which would see the year. 7 intake increase from 210 to 300 places from September next year. A site would also be created on Seal Hollow Road in Sevenoaks. A final decision will be made next Friday. Meantime, two primary schools in Canterbury are expected to expand to keep up with growing demand from new housing developments. It's thought more than £4 million will be spent on increasing student intake at Water Meadows and Pilgrims Way. There are plans for thousands of of homes to be built in those areas now firefighters in kent are going to be some of the first in the country to use new kits to rescue people from cliffs or confined spaces the winches are able to hoist up to three people to safety and can also get crews to casualties who stuck in hard to reach places dan yates is the crew manager in deal and a member of the team who'll be using the new equipment
3: kent farm rescue service has to source um, two new uh, specialist winches uh, to enable us to enhance our current uh, technical rope rescue capability. And they'll be used a number of different types of incidents, um, mainly for cliff and for uh, technical rope rescue. Much easier, instead of having to use pulley systems where you know, physical activity is required to, uh, to perform the rescue, and more space is required, we can set this up in a very small area and it's much, much easier going on the uh, rescuers we can take these winches and put them pretty much anywhere we like um, as long as we can find an anchor point for them. We have some uh, really, really high cliffs within the Kent boundaries and um, some of them on the uh, the Folkestone area are up to 200 metres in in height so we would need to recover potentially our rescuers and um, any casualty up to 200 metres up the cliffs and these winches will be perfect for doing that.
0: Kent Online News. The man who's been running Chatham's historic dockyard for almost 20 years is set to retire from his role. Chief Exec of the Trust Bill Ferris, who took charge in December 2000, will step down later this year. Over the past two decades he's overseen work to develop the site, including the award-winning Command of the Oceans project. Now the writer of War Horse is coming to Kent as part of events to mark the 75th anniversary of VE Day. Children's author Michael Morpogo is going to be a guest at the Chiddingstone Castle Literary Festival in May. The four-day event in Edenbridge will be happening over the bank holiday weekend, which has been moved to coincide with the anniversary of the end of the Second World War. And Brenda Blithen's been spotted filming a new comedy in Kent. The Golden Globe winner stars in Kate and Koji alongside Blake Harrison from In Between Us. The pair have been shooting scenes in Hearn Bay. It's expected to be on our screens in late spring. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.